medical prepping, what you need when the doctor is not in. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about medical preparations you can make during emergency or disaster situations. And we always like to acknowledge the companies that support our program. We'd like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are even lower than the big box pharmacies or retail chains. You can check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. And Dr. Forrest, if people want more information after the show or they want information about your Apex practice, where can they go to find that? Uh, if they'd like to find information out about our practice in Apex, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. If after the show they'd like to listen to an on-demand podcast of Access Health Radio, uh, we will provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. Listeners can also go to wptf.com and find Find us under the tab for on-demand podcast. And if listeners would like to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have the question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com and make sure to include your contact information if you do send us uh, a question for the show. So Dr. Forrest, I don't think any of us think that the world is going to end tomorrow. At least I don't think so. But Today, you're going to be telling us about medical preparations that we should have in a situation like a Hurricane Katrina, where doctors, offices, pharmacies, even hospitals might be closed. That's right. I think we all take for granted that we can go to the doctor or the emergency room anytime we need to. But there are some situations where we might not have easy access to any medical help other than ourselves. And what I'd like to do today is talk about both the equipment, tools, and some of the supplies I think that all families should have available to them in an emergency, as well as some basic training they ought to get. And first and foremost, anyone can provide basic first aid with some minimal supplies. However, I encourage anyone to attend a first aid class and to get their CPR training done if possible. Typically in about a half to one whole day, so like a, you know, a Saturday morning or a whole Saturday, uh, you know, one day, typically is all you need to really get some valuable skills that could save a life or even a limb. And the American Heart Association or the Red Cross ha have curriculums for both first aid and CPR. And we'll put some links to uh, that on our website at accesshealthradio.com. But, you know, without proper training, I would caution people against offering any treatment unless no other option is available. And I would also always recommend professional help anytime that it's actually available. All right. Good advice. So, Dr. Forrest, what types of situations are we talking about today? Well, there are a couple of different scenarios you could find yourself in where medical prepping would be important. And the first is sort of self-imposed isolation from medical facilities. So that might happen if you, you know, went camping, maybe you were hunting in some area where it was hard for you to get back to civilization easily, or if you were traveling somewhere where medical assistance is just not readily available. So, you know, some examples might be, you know, if you went on a remote wilderness hike, uh, if you went on a boat trip, you know, out on the ocean or even a large lake, 
Uh, or if you went to, you traveled to some country where you were going to be really far or have difficulty getting to, you know, a medical uh, assistance if you needed it. Um, the second situation, which I think is the one that, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, we've all thought about, uh, are those disasters that are either man-made or natural that can really affect access to medical care. For example, um, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, thousands of people did not have access even to basic medical care for days to weeks. And, you know, more recently, we've got the lava flow from Kilauea in Hawaii that's actually cut off some roads. So an ambulance, you know, if you called 911, the ambulance can't even get down some of those roads uh, to your house. And, you know, the number of helicopters they have is limited. So um, after 9-11, uh, most hospitals in the New York City area were overwhelmed. And even though in New York City there are lots and lots of medical facilities, uh, disasters can happen that can close medical facilities or make them unreachable. All right, Dr. Forrest, it's time now for our Access Health Tip of the Week. So, you know, everybody listening to this program today really needs to have a basic kit of medical supplies that they keep up to date and whole at all times so that they can provide basic medical care when nobody else can. And I'm going to put a link on our website to a list, a very comprehensive list of what I would recommend having in such a kit. But even if you cannot get everything immediately, cover as many of the basics as you can. You know, even local department stores have decent basic first aid kits for well under $40. And I suggest you start with something like that and then add more tools and more treatment options as both your time and budget allows. And the most important thing about that kit is to keep it up to date and full. Uh, you know, you have to resist the temptation to get something out of it if you can. Like, you know, if you've got a pair of medical scissors in there that are meant for bandages and things like that, and all of a sudden you're looking around the house for a pair of scissors and can't find them, and you're like, oh, yeah, I have a pair of those medical scissors in my emergency medical kit, and then you break into that and take the scissors out, then you go back to use those later and they're not there. So once you get your kit, keep it up to date, and also try to keep everything in there sort of whole and complete. Don't resist the temptation to take things out of there. That sounds like something I would do. So thank you for that advice. After the break, we'll be talking more about medical preparedness, and we'll also have our Access Health Trivia of the Week. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about medical prepping, what to do when... Well, maybe you're the only one that can provide either yourself or your family some uh, medical attention. So, Dr. Forrest, what are the basic categories that people need? Well, you know, I'm going to put a very comprehensive list of supplies and equipment that I think you ought to have in case of an emergency uh, where you can't access medical care. However, I'm going to actually go through and list sort of the categories that I think are, are absolutely crucial to this and give a couple of examples. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, the first category is trauma or wound care. And that would be things like, you know, basic gauze and bandages, uh, you know, for more severe lacerations, maybe butterfly closures. Uh, for people that have some training, uh, you know, sutures, they even have skin staplers that you can buy. But again, that would be for people that have had some training in that. Uh, you know, then you can also get musculoskeletal injuries. So you have to have something in your kit that's going to provide you a way to splint an injury. So if you're out in the wilderness 
and you know you really sprain your ankle badly and you're by yourself and you don't have anything uh, you have to find some way maybe to splint that ankle so that you can walk back out to civilization um, so having some type of splint you know one of the ones i really like is uh, it's an aluminum foam splint uh, there's several different brands, but there's one called a Sam splint. And essentially, you can use it on arms, legs, or ankles, and you just sort of mold it to the shape of your ankle, and then you wrap it with tape, and you can splint almost uh, any large extremity with that. And you can find those at places like camping stores. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, around here, like REI, places like that would have something like that. But those type items to be available for you when there's no nobody else to put a cast on it or a splint is absolutely crucial. Uh, and the other thing is very simple, very inexpensive, but also worth having is something you can wrap uh, either an injury or a joint with. So, you know, a basic ACE bandage. Uh, I actually really encourage people to try to get the ACE bandages that are made with Velcro instead of having to use those little metal clips because those metal clips always get lost and they typically don't hold very well. And after you use them a few times, the little teeth can get bent. So I would encourage people to get like elastic uh, Velcro wraps like ACE bandages uh, that will just kind of Velcro to themselves and keep those available. Um, the next category would be pain and fever. So you have to have something in case, you know, you have a fever because fever itself can cause problems. Uh, things like seizures, especially in children, uh, if your fever gets really high. So having some acetaminophen, making sure it's not expired, maybe some ibuprofen, uh, all those, you know, are easy to get over the counter. But you need to have some of those in your kit. And you also need to make sure, you know, to check these things at least once a year and make sure they're current, they're not expired. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, things that get exposed to humidity, like aspirin, will dissolve into sort of a paste. So just make sure everything's usable and, and check on that at least, least once a year. Um, the next category would be anti-infectives. So, you know, you don't want to get a skin infection of any type. You don't really want anything to get infected. But when you're in a bad situation, like, you know, think about the people after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, if they had scrapes and bruises and things like that, and then they were in that water, uh, the chances of them getting a really bad infection were high. So I encourage everybody to get some polysporin. Polysporin is uh, not triple antibiotic ointment. It's double antibiotic ointment. Uh, but you can get that at the pharmacy. It's good for basically all superficial wounds. Um, and then there are sort of uh, prescription anti-infectives, obviously. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, about that uh, at the end of the show. Um, those also can be helpful, but they're harder to get access to. Uh, next category I would have something for is for bites and stings. Uh, you know, bee stings. Uh, now, there's a lot of controversy about snake bites. Um, you know, we used to tell people to cut an X with a razor blade and try to suck the venom out. And we found that was very, very ineffective. Almost never worked. Uh, then there were some commercial kits made available that had these little suction cups that were meant for, like, snake bites and things like that. They were also found to be ineffective. But there is one kit on the market that I actually keep myself uh, for emergencies available, uh, and it's called the Sawyer uh, Bite Kit. And it actually has a little syringe in it that's very, very easy to use. You just push the plunger, and it applies a, a significant amount of suction. It has these little things that go over a, a bite that will actually pull anything out if you use it immediately. Uh, so I do think that's useful. It Also in the kit will have a little bit of Benadryl uh, and some other type things in case it's not necessarily a snake bite. It could have been some kind of sting or something like that. So the Sawyer kit I encourage. And then a topical anesthetic, particularly if you've got children, you know, if they get a, a really bad sting or something like that, it may be very painful. So there's lots of sting ointments and things like that that you can put on something that will soothe that pain uh, fairly readily. Uh, 
Um, the next category is for allergic reactions. Now, if you've got a severe uh, allergic reaction, anaphylactic type reaction to anything, like some people are allergic to bees or peanuts, uh, it is absolutely vital that you keep that epinephrine, EpiPen, uh, whatever brand it is you have with you at all times and make sure it's up to date because that absolutely can save your life. Um, we actually had a, a local case recently where uh, a man was stung by multiple yellow jackets and it proved to be fatal. And so uh, those type of reactions can be very severe. Even if you're not allergic, though, uh, to bee stings, if you get you know stung by enough of them, it can cause a real problem. So I encourage people to always have some type of uh, antihistamine uh, with them uh, that's current. And a lot of times people will get capsules or tablets, which is fine. But if you get in a situation where you're having you know a severe allergic reaction, you might not actually be able to swallow a tablet. And so maybe even having some of the liquid forms of the antihistamines can be useful. Uh, there's several different brands. I think it's good to have, you know, something like Loratadine, uh, which is a generic for Claritin. You can also have Tagamet, which is meant for stomach acid, but is a very effective antihistamine. And then also what people are real familiar with, which is Diphenhydramine or Benadryl. Um, so you need to have something to take care of any allergic reactions. Uh, the next category is what I call shock support. And what I mean by that is, you know, your body, if it doesn't have enough circulatory uh, flow, uh, you can go into shock. And so that can happen from dehydration. It can also happen from wounds where you have a lot of bleeding. And so something like a mylar or a space blanket or even, you know, even a wool blanket that you could cover somebody up with if they were going into shock would be useful. And then also some type of fluid replacement, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, something like Pedialyte or whether it's Gatorade or whether it's just plain old water, but some way to get people hydrated in a situation uh, to support support them potentially from going into shock if they're really dehydrated. Um, the next category is CPR equipment. Now, you don't need a lot of equipment anymore. Uh, most of the curriculums for CPR have moved away from uh, doing mouth-to-mouth, except in certain situations, uh, but they still do have these one-way valve masks that are useful. Uh, and then having some gloves uh, can be also useful, you know, just to protect you from bodily fluids and that kind of thing. And then the last category for your kit, but maybe the most important, especially for older patients, is to have your prescription medications. You know, if you've got uh, prescriptions for uh, conditions and a disaster happens and all the pharmacies locally are closed and you can't get to your medicine or you can't leave your driveway to get out to where your medicine is, uh, you need to have that. Some of that's immediately life-saving, particularly insulin and blood pressure and heart medicine. You need to make sure you have an adequate supply of that on hand in case something happens. Now, Dr. Forrest, I know you mentioned some prescriptions and antibiotics. How do patients go about getting those? Well, your personal physician may be willing to provide one dose, uh, like a one one week's treatment or something of basic antibiotics for you to use in certain situations if you got into a situation where you could not access the physician. Uh, and although, you know, it, your physician may or may not be comfortable with that, some are. Uh, now, there's a second way, and although I'm not advocating this, many people get antibiotics without a prescription that are meant to be used for fish. Many of the same antibiotics that people use are also used in aquariums, and so many common antibiotics like amoxicillin or ciprofloxacin are obtainable without a prescription if they're to be used for fish. Uh, there's some brands like Fishmox would be an example of that. After the break, uh, we're going to summarize some key information about medical prepping and our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is straight ahead. This is Access Health Radio with Dr. Brian Forrest. 
Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Medical prepping, our topic for today. And Dr. Forrest, are there any items that are not in typical first aid kits that you might recommend as things to add in, you know, in case of a major emergency? There are, there are a few things that people don't typically have in a normal first aid kit that I think can be really useful. Uh, one of those, and I'm going to mention one brand, but there's several different brands of this, but one of those is called Quick Clot. And this is a, a substance that sometimes can be sort of impregnated into gauze or bandages. It's only to be used for severe bleeding in an emergency, but it's even available at local stores where hunting supplies are available. You know, for hunters, they even make a little you know kit that's for hunters in case they suffer a wound, uh, and it can stop massive amounts of bleeding. And they have gauze versions and powders of this quick clot that can stop heavy bleeding fairly quickly. So again, only to be used in a, a real emergency, uh, but they are helpful to have. Um, another item, and this falls under that same category because you really only want to use these if death is certain without them, uh, but this is tourniquets. And tourniquets, you know, are basically a type of device that you can put on an arm or a leg or sometimes even a, a wrist or finger that basically can stop uh, severe bleeding from an extremity. Uh, but the way it does that is literally stopping blood flow to that limb. So if somebody's going to apply a tourniquet, they really need to have had some training and only apply a tourniquet as an absolute last resort. Um, you know, many people who have a tourniquet applied may actually lose a limb if the tourniquet's in place too long. Um, and there's lots of brands of these out there. They're not very expensive, but one of the common ones that, that medics like to use is called the Cat5 tourniquet, uh, which is easily available online. Uh, another item I would probably have is something called Israeli bandage. This is a really versatile uh, piece of medical equipment. It can kind of be used as a splint. It can be used as a, a, a mild tourniquet. It can be used to hold other bandages together. Very, very useful to have one of those. There's a substance called Coban, which I'm sure people are familiar with. It sort of clings to itself. And roller gauze, which is sort of like gauze on a roll that sort of sticks to itself, is also very, very useful. And then I already mentioned the Sawyer Bite Kit, but I would probably also have one of those. It's time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. You know, in Hurricane Katrina, which we brought up earlier, over 100 medical centers and clinics were affected by that storm, resulting in delayed access to health care. And the final death toll with Katrina was over 1,830 people, uh, and more than half of those victims were senior citizens. Dr. Forrest, what are some keys that you would like everybody to remember from today's show on medical prepping? Well, first of all, and this is simple, everyone needs a kit. So start with a basic first aid kit and build that up with more capability over time. Second, make sure that part of your medical preparedness is a backup supply of your prescription medications for you and your family. Um, you know, don't deplete your kit. Make sure once you've got it, you leave it alone. And then lastly, make sure you get trained in how to use the equipment and, and supplies that you have for medical emergencies. That concludes our show, and hopefully you'll be able to use this to be more medically prepared for emergencies. Today's scripture is Luke 4.23, and he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.